hello and welcome to a very special episode of Glow West. This is one that's kind of going to be a little bit um, sad and depressing and angry and all those emotions in between because today we are talking about what happened at an online vigil for the recently deceased Ashling Murphy who was murdered in Ireland um, last week at this stage and this was the story of the organisers of an online vigil and what happened to them during that vigil and it's just you know there's a million trigger warnings to give for this episode because it just it's so shocking and outrageous um and we're talking about obviously sexual violence and gender-based violence and, and murder as well and just this year everything of all those things there's not enough words to really describe them so um i'm here with rosemary mohan christine o'mahony and evie nevin and we're going to talk about you know their experiences of what happened at this online vigil so i suppose i'll go to um evie first well actually i'll go to christine because christine your name was actually used um as part of this so can you tell us what happened at the vigil Uh, So yeah, I was asked to speak at the vigil and I logged in into my Zoom account. I was made a panelist and then um, uh, I noticed that my name was appearing twice on the on the Zoom call uh, in the panelist list and uh, Megan, who was doing all the tech side of things, asked me, do I need to test my microphone again? Because it, it might have background noises. And I told her that um, I didn't log into any other Zoom account. I gave the Zoom link to two people, but they would have had their own Zoom account to watch it. And I was like, this is completely strange. And I, I, I sent a, letter, a, a, a message into the, the Zoom call saying, sorry, I don't know why there's two, two of me here. So when Rosemary was reciting her speech She's in the middle of talking about how men need to teach other men, like how to behave around women, stop being misogynistic and and stuff like that. That is when the Christine O'Mahony account um, turned its camera on. And then it appeared to be a man masturbating um, in front of all of us, like the panelists, 80 participants. And most of us are sexual assault survivors. I myself am um, a victim of sexual assault. So this does hit us harder. It, 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 it wasn't like, oh, a penis. It was like, this was completely triggering for a lot of people. And when I went onto Twitter to immediately, you know, talk about it because I was just, sh- I was just shocked that somebody decided to harass me um, using my name and to do it at a vigil, an online vigil for a murdered woman, Ashling Murphy. We were trying to honor her memory. This is supposed to be a safe space for all of us to, to grieve because we might not know Ashling, but we could relate to her situation so much, especially me because she was 23, I'm 23, um, I'm 23 as well. And I'm just scared for my life now, walking on the street on my own. And yeah, it's just yeah. horrifying. I've I've kind of lost all faith in humanity at this stage. Just the fact that somebody would actually do that. I mean, I absolutely don't blame you. I just can't get the thought process around that of like a thinking it's an idea to do that and b actually going and doing it. It's just it's so horrific. And and Rosemary, you were actually speaking at the time that this happened. 
Yeah, so just like Christine, I was invited by um, Evie, the amazing Evie who organises, and I have to congratulate her and say, well done for putting it all together um, and getting such a wide range of diverse, inspirational women on the panel um, and getting the word out. So, you know, fair play on all that. But like, for me, I was so angry before I went into the visual because I was angry yet another woman had been murdered and I suppose in this circumstances with Ashley Norwester, like she did everything that society that men tells us to do, you know, go in a safe space, make sure it's in the daylight, um, you know, dress a certain way, you know, change your roots, bring your keys, you know, like everything that society is telling us to put the responsibility on us women to protect ourselves and not the responsibility onto men. So like when I was preparing my speech, I was livid. I was really raging. I was raging for all women um, in Ireland. And then, more, and I like some of that anger and passion was coming out, obviously, in my speech. And and just as Christy said, when I got to the part about, you know, the responsibility is not on women, it's on men, the camera went on uh, under like Christine's name. And the first thing I was like, is this really happening? What is that? No, surely it can't be, you know, as I'm talking. And I think like I lost it and and I, I think I called him out if I remember right, you know, how despicable it was, like in the lack of respect for a murdered woman. Um, and like to think what kind of, of person, you know, what kind of human or what kind of man would be so disrespectful and go to the lowest of the low to masturbate during an online visual for a murdered woman. You know, and from that point on, I just become more and more and more and more angry and angry for all the women on the panel and for all the women that are watching and disgusted, you know, and as Christine has said, there were many sexual assault survivors within that space. And thankfully, I'm blessed. I had never had to, had to, you know, to survive that. I'm one of the very few lucky ones. But I was raging for all them. I was raging for Ashley and for all the women on the panel in um, who are watching for all the women who have been murdered and who have been raped and and the cheek of this like I I have no respectable words you know to say to say about him to to think that that was okay to to think that that was oh I'll just go in here now and and, and masturbate in front of all these women and I use Christine's name and it's, it's a laugh and the thing is like he thinks that he will get away with that but in a way the positive um, of that actually happened. It's brought more attention to about there is nowhere, there is no space safe for women. Even we're coming together collectively in solidarity and love to mourn the death uh, or the murder of one of us. It's not safe. And I suppose the traction on Twitter after that, because obviously we were all disgusted and we're hurt and we're trying, we're still hurt and we're still quite shook up. And I think it's going to take all of us a long time to get over that shock and that hurt and, and disrespect. Um, and we're trying to mind each other within that. And I think what's really sad that when we were coming out expressing our hurt and our shock and our anger and disgust on, on Twitter about it, that some of us were getting, in fact, all of us were getting attacked and we were getting all this response, well, not all men. And, oh, how do you know it was a man? And um, you know, surely he must need help. He must have mental health issues. And you see, these kind of responses are, par are part of the problem. We need to move away from this kind of culture of thinking that, well, there must be so our societal new norms and thinking that, you know, 
he must need help and it's not all men and how do you know that as a man you know implying that you know that it would be a trans woman you know and try to um I suppose to bring more marginalization and oppression onto the trans community and you know and it was really sad and what really frustrated me as well is that Megan um who was doing all like the, the tech behind it um, when she came out to express her disgust and to stand up, you know, for women, that she was being attacked left, right and centre by not only men, but by women who were saying, you know, that it wasn't true. I don't believe it. You're just trying to promote your only fans. And she was getting more heat and flack simply for the reason that she has only fans um, as, as, her, as her area of work. And I think that is so wrong and it's so shameful. And again, it's just highlighting where as an Irish society that we are that because you're a woman and a sex worker, you're less valued or respected as a woman. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really sad that that's, that's where we are as an Irish society. And I think that we really need to unpack that as well as a gender-based violence, because no woman, based on her career or her community or her religion or her choice of profession, none of us should be disrespected and we all deserve to be safe and we all deserve to be loved and embraced and believed and supported and so I think that really needs to come into the conversation as well is that you know women need to mind each other too and we need to respect each other too and like it's more hurtful for me to watch women degrade other women because we're meant to be standing together united against the gender-based violence and murders and rapes that we were absolutely yeah megan like we massive solidarity for megan who's not here today but received enormous abuse online when she shared her story about what happened um and you know this is obviously a podcast that supports sex work and sex workers because why wouldn't you um they are humans and they deserve respect like literally everybody else um i want to come to evie there as as the organizer and you know you've been quite vocal about the events and stuff like that and you've been quite vocal on twitter then when you were sharing your story but even when you're sharing what happened you still had people saying didn't happen you're just doing this for attention um you're doing it for your political motivation political gains all these kind of things like what is that like because it just feels like yet another form of silencing and abuse on top of all the other abuse that's gone on yeah um that there are no words really to describe the feeling of being a victim of a sexual crime, being re-traumatized and then having a ton of strangers basically saying, uh, you're making it up. Like who would make this up? Do you know, and there were an abundance of witnesses. There were multiple accounts. Um, so it's just, it's really disheartening. Um, really, really disheartening. Um, I, 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 I've been so angry. And I've been channeling that anger into, I want something good to come out of it. Um, so I have been reaching out to um, all the justice spokespeople. I've been uh, reaching out to my local public reps um, to uh, make cyber, to have specific cyber flashing laws because we don't. Um, opposition TDs in 2020 wanted to add cyber flashing to the harmful communication bill. Um, and the then Deputy Minister of Justice, Helen McEntee, um, suggested rather than do that, that they would add an amendment to the, wait for it, Post Office Act of 1951. 
what like <sighs> yeah it's just it, it's it's almost laughable it is. um that you would add it to something that talks about I mean they talk under the post office act there is a section about sending or about sending messages on a telephone uh, harmful messages on a telephone but this wasn't a message and this wasn't uh and then under uh the sexual offenses act section 45 which more than likely will be the um the law that will be brought against this man um it specifically talks about exposing um in public places um and that doesn't again specifically address cyber flashing and online uh, abuse and things like that so um that's that's where i'm channeling my anger and it's it's also um with all the things that have been said online the excuses and just the commentary i ended up writing some poetry taking all of those uh excuses and all the things that people have been saying online and i was like i have to channel my rage somewhere because uh, otherwise i'm just going to fall apart um it's it's my coping mechanism you know detectives called me yesterday to a wellness check um because I did spend four grueling hours with them on Monday uh 12 pages of a statement um you know I had to go into extreme detail uh the word masturbating wasn't good enough um you know I had to go into that much detail so they did a wellness check yesterday I really appreciated that um these detectives that work in sex crimes are just they're the best of the best when it comes to the Gardaí and um you know they were saying you know have you slept I was like no no and they're have you eaten I was like not really and I just every time I close my eyes it's all I can see and I hate the fact that he let he 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 does that I've let him trigger me and affect me this much um but I I have uh past experience with uh sexual crimes so um you know it was very triggering and they explained that they said you know that you are everybody that was on that call was a victim of a crime anybody who saw it was a victim of a crime and they said you know some people may not like the word victim but that's what it is and it's okay for you to feel um powerless and to feel you know but I was like no I'm, I'm going to take the power back and that's so that was the nice thing about the end of that call you know everybody continued on um you know and this vigil was you know Ashling did bring us together but I also wanted to acknowledge the 243 other women who have died at the hands of men in this country since 1996 uh when I said that to the detectives you know were asking you know why did you want to do the vigil and obviously I said well the pandemic um was one of the main reasons but um and obviously women aren't feeling very safe going out and things like that and a lot of the vigils are after dark um so that was another reason and the Irish broad etc um but I um I said to them I know this was for Ashling and the other 243 women who have been murdered and they their mouths actually dropped because they were like they didn't realize that the number was that high um you know so uh but they had they've been they've been very very good they've been minding me and telling me to slow down and and everything and ringing to check in on me which is really really I really appreciate it um because sometimes you do need uh especially hearing from them and they've seen it all I don't know how they do it but they've seen it all and they deal with this stuff all the time um so for them to say look this is actually very serious because I was worried walking into the guard station that I'd be scoffed at um but as I was pulling into Clannacilty Guard station I actually ended up getting a call from a detective inspector saying look there's no official report can you go in and I said I'm literally here now and they were like okay stay right there detectives are on their way <laughs> Brilliant. so they 
it was complete opposite to what I thought yeah. it was going to be, you know, because we hear stories all the time of women going to the Gardaí about this kind of thing and they're like, nothing to do with us, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, you know. I think that's at least one good thing that there has been such a response on it because before we know from campaigning of, you know, for um the Harmful Images Act that people were just laughed at, you know, and said that this isn't actually a crime. So I think we're realising that digital sexual violence is just the same as in-person sexual violence and it has the same impact. Like you said, you're not sleeping. You know, as a survivor myself, I know that feeling and I know that if I had been on that call I'm very glad I wasn't feeling up to it I like I would have I, I just would have fallen apart you know like yeah. like and, and nobody blames anyone for falling apart or being angry or whatever reaction we have because it's that's it's just ways of processing and, and stuff like that but I think yeah the response to people online sharing it like it, it just really kind of lent it back into that narrative of shut up about this don't speak up about it and we're going to victim blame as well and I really want to bring in the element I think of, of race I think is really important because they used the you know the one woman of color on the panel Christine your name was used and actually Rosemary when it was when you were there like you were, you were quite a well-known traveler activist as well mm-hmm. and I'm sure this person probably knows that as well and I just think like maybe it's a complete coincidence but I don't think so because, you know, racism and misogyny and sexism really do go hand in hand quite a lot of the time. And I know when I tweeted about it and I said, like, this, this is racism as well. And people underneath were like, no, no, Christine's just running for um, DCU so student union. So it's obviously she's just made this entire thing up just to how I can't what kind of leaps are you going through to and and go and putting this out there in the world and saying this like you're just it's just mad like I'm sure I don't know Christine your thoughts on that because I just I I don't know we just don't burn everything down at this stage like yeah um so I I like I have my Twitter account like my privacy settings uh put so I don't get notifications from people who don't have their account verified and only have like I don't know, like 10 followers. So that's great because I didn't see most of the abuse, even though there it is under my, <laughs> because I, I saw my friends replying to it and I was like, oh, thank God I didn't see that. But yes, I had somebody saying, oh, you know, she's running for DCU VP for diversity and inclusion. Uh, if I was sent a dick pic or something like that, I will, I wouldn't get the attention that this woman got. Uh, it's only because she wants to promote her, um, election campaign and Evie Evie Rosemary knows that when I went into that uh, online vigil we had to give a bio of ourselves Mm -hmm. and the only thing that was mentioned was like my activism as a PRO with with a Ireland Palestine group and the anti-conversion therapy coalition that was the only thing that was mentioned nothing about me going towards DCU because I'm not allowed to campaign right now. Um, it, the nominations close on the 25th. So as soon as it's the 25th, then you can start promoting yourself. I could only just mention, hi, I'm running for election. You'll see me on the ballot. That's the only thing I can do right now. So there is no candidacy thing at the, at the vigil. It was all about Ashling. nothing to do with me. Um, like I wouldn't even have mind if my bio wasn't even read out because it's not about me it's about Ashley and uh yeah and about the the race um yeah I have uh, the far right obviously know me 
um because i'm a very spoken you know leftist online and and, and stuff like that and i'm actually on a, a list for antifa um because I, I am anti-fascist, but people keep on thinking that Antifa is a bad thing. Being against, you know, racism is a bad thing. So I'm on a list with my Facebook page linked and my Twitter page linked as well. So anyone who's reading that list from the far right can can look me up and view me. So when I saw that this man was using my name, that was my immediate thought that this is the far right trolls coming after me again. And this time they decided to use an online vigil to harass me. Um, I I get lots of online abuse, not just from the far right, but like, um, you know, even other leftists send me abuse. Somebody said that I'm only pretending to be part of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was told that by somebody who was white and I happened to be black. So I don't think I'm pretending to be part of the Black Lives no, Matter movement. Kind of and this is when I was in, there. yeah. possible, Christy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is when I was in the, the sock Dems at the time and they keep on using like my political background to say, hey, if you're in the sock Dems, then you can't be proper. It's just all these PVP people saying my party is better than your party. So you, therefore you cannot speak about race because where our party is better than yours so it was just ridiculous yeah, this is not a um, political thing at all it cuts yeah. across every as aspect but as we know like some women in ireland are more vulnerable than others and you know we didn't have vigils for other women who've died and women yes, of color and, um you know the sex workers um alliance have a vigil every december 17th at the doll and it's yep. barely mentioned in newspapers on tv there's Absolutely. always journalists there but they just decide not to run it or yeah. something and that's, that's what and that's what i actually yeah. mentioned in my speech because obviously i was the only woman of color at the uh vigil and i wanted i didn't want to obviously i wanted the attention to be on ashton but i also want to say hey um there's a lot of uh migrant women here who have been murdered they come to ireland to have a better life and yet their life has now been taken away from them by not just their partners like their their partners who happen to be from the same country as them but from irish people they come here they marry irish men and then that those irish men take those lives away and it's just like nobody seems to remember them nobody seems to have their their names on their lips and as you said no vigils for them so i was like my friends got a lot of abuse for bringing that up luckily i didn't get that that same amount of abuse but i was like we do have to remember these these women um and yeah. to remember sex workers as well i was actually telling megan that this just go that the online abuse that you're receiving megan is just goes to show if somebody died and they happened to be a sex worker nobody would be putting in a vigil nobody would be getting politicians to come to their funeral it's, it's just, and the same way it was same with traveler women as well yeah so. I saw a tweet about that and someone said if this was a traveler woman there wouldn't be a vigil and no I had to agree because I just don't think that the, the country would do that and Rosemary obviously I'm sure you'd yeah, probably feel I might, that too. I might just come in because yeah. um, I was really glad that you mentioned the racism aspect of it and, and his actions and how we did it because it is all interlinked um, because afterwards I was like that night I was sitting to myself 
like I was raging for for every woman and I, and I was raging and I made a comment with an individual, you know, I was raging um, because he, he was harassing Christine and she was the only woman of colour. But then afterwards I was reflecting and I was like, like I just like as you mentioned, why did he target the, the woman of colour and then the travel woman who was speaking? Because there was two more other women before me. Um, so there was, I think, a little bit of thinking that went into that, that he specifically wanted to target all women, but through um, the traveller woman and the woman of colour. And I think we need to acknowledge that as well. Um, because as you were saying, some women are more vulnerable uh, than more women. And I think myself and Christine, we were the two speakers on the panel. And both of us raised that fact about migrant women and traveller women who have been murdered, where there was lack of media attention or very little, um, and where the whole nation didn't come to a national outcry. Um, just because maybe they were murdered at home or they were murdered by a minor, it doesn't matter. The fact was that a woman was murdered and all women deserve the same respect and the same national outcry. Um, there was, like, we had reached out to another migrant woman who was closely and, and, and friends with a migrant woman who, who was murdered. And she was too drained and emotional and sad to be on that panel because she was triggered so much. So we're all triggered, even if we don't know um, the woman who was murdered, we're all hurt and we're all mourning for her. But what I noticed online in the run up um, to the vigil um, in some of the commentary is that migrant women were being attacked for speaking up and raising this reality and fact of Irish life, that they don't get the same attention and respect when they're murdered. And migrant women were trying to hold that space and raise it where not only men, but some women were actually saying, but maybe it's just because, you know, um, it's our it's our home country and we feel a little bit more, but we don't mean to exclude you. Well, that's not good enough. There should be no excuses. If, if a woman is murdered, regardless of her community, religion, ethnicity or circumstances, they all deserve the same respect and, and, and recognition. And I think that goes as well for trans women and sex and sex workers because often they are left bottom of the list and as you're saying around um the sex workers visual if you ask somebody random in the street about that they wouldn't even know about it that's that's the crisis that we're in that's how disrespected um, and unsupported sex workers are in this country and i think we need to be naming that as a feminist movement because if we're not all in it together and if we don't have each other's backs well, them as a feminist movement, we're failing. We're not a feminist movement. We, we couldn't dare to call uh, that. And I think it's what the positive is that um, this has all brought all women of all corners together and all communities and all ethnicities. And we do have each other's backs. And we are saying to society, you know, we're here, we're together, we're standing as one and we cannot be broken. And we're here to take back our streets, our parks, our schools, our universities, our workspaces. You know, no longer is Ireland um, going to tolerate gender based violence. And it's not that women, it's the responsibility is on us. It's not. The responsibility is on men to lead and, and to work with us to make sure that they are changing the attitudes and the societal norms that they have created. Because let's remember that women didn't create these societal norms, but we are the ones impacted by them.
Yeah, 100% on, on, on that. And I think, Evie, you know, Thomas, finish up there. Like, where where do we see ourselves going from this? From a survivor point of view, I don't want to hear, um, you know, politicians and stuff like that. Obviously, there are some politicians that are survivors as well and have come out and said that they've been open about it. But I think from survivors, it's a very particular thing. You know, it's like, how much more do we need to keep being re-traumatized and re-traumatized and re-traumatized over and over again while begging not to be assaulted and not to be murdered? Like, where do we go? Well, this is this has been the norm in Ireland for so long. Every time there's a societal change, it came down to women and sharing their like repeals. It was down to women who had to share really traumatic stories of traveling for fatal fetal abnormalities, uh, for having abortion because of rape and things like that. Um, or, you know, that their lives were in danger during pregnancy. Um, you know, it's the same over and over again. It's the same when, you know, we were trying to bring in divorce, um, you know, any sort of autonomy for women. Um, and bear in mind, autonomy for women is basically autonomy for everyone, you know, and that uh, it benefits everybody. Because when you look after, like, you know, I always say when you look after the most vulnerable in society, everybody benefits because you never know when you're going to be in that situation yourself. And um, it, 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 the onus has always been on us for, like I said, for societal change, um, you know, and uh, this uh, Ireland is rife with misogyny. Uh, from both men and women, but particularly for men. And I, if, you know, if any man is listening to this and you consider yourself a good man, then, uh, you know, don't just call it out online. You know, say it to your mate's face when he's acting like, uh, you know, acting misogynistic, when he's uh, viewing women as nothing but a body, um, you know, and this kind of, um, or, you know, getting handsy. That has to be called out absolutely needs to be called out um you know we we've seen this week uh you know paddy jackson back in the the news and the idea of him going back on the team and all this regardless of that verdict and you know i still believe her i'll say that but regardless of that verdict those lads behavior those whatsapp messages the fact that she left bleeding and crying that's not a role model and we see people you know men like that being held up as role models. conor mcgregor is another one you know, that when when men are shown, these are the guys that, you know, we're to look up to. You know, um, it's it's that kind of idea of uh, has to change. Like, you know, our our young people uh, need decent role models um, and not ones that, uh, you know, encourage misogynistic behavior, because that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, it is encouraging people to act like this. and. Uh, like the fact <clears throat> the fact that that man I mean a vigil is essentially like a funeral and first like it's so incomprehensible like I said to people you know it's unbelievable what happened but also at the same time it was believable the amount of women I told like this what happened and they were like of course of course it did you know we couldn't have one freaking day to grieve you know without some man coming in and inserting stuff. We saw vigils all over the country being interrupted by, you know, cisgendered white men who um, who thought that uh, holding a vigil for a woman was an attack on them. And it's like, it's not about you. It's absolutely not about you at all. Um, and your behaviour 
is exactly the reason why we're so angry, you know. Um, and I am, I am so angry, and I'm really, really pissed off that this man got me the way he did. Um, I'm just, and, and like I said, I'm just channeling that rage now. And I know, um, I know that I was saying that I, I know I, I'm lobbying the politicians to to speak up about this, and obviously. Like that's important and we need legis- proper legislation so when it does happen people can actually be <sighs> prosecuted in the right way um and prosecuted to the fullest extent and uh, that the law allows and um you know and then like our justice system in general like we see it all the time people getting slaps on the wrist like that poor girl alana who was attacked there last week and the lads are out in 200 euro bail like you have to wonder, and I hate to say, it, I have to wonder if it was a white woman. You know, would have it been the same? Um, you know, I would, I would, I would hope that you know. But our justice system and people get, like I said, suspended sentences, left, right, and centre. People are back on the streets to reoffend, and it sends again a message to lads going, "Error, I'll be able to get away with this." Now, this dude who invaded our space in the most disgusting manner messed with the wrong group of women. Like we're all, yeah, we're all determined. It was, like I said, at the end, it was lovely because we came together in solid. He tried to take our power away and now together we feel powerful and we're going to, we've called to arms to get everybody to talk about this and the need for real meaningful change against gender-based violence in this country. Um, You know, and and people go, oh, sure, it was only online and, and things like that. It's like, it was, it was just there are no words it's disgusting and it was it was whether it was in person it was online or anything that that man has to answer for what he did and um like i said the detectives are taking it very seriously here in in court west he will absolutely be and when we find him and i i have to say i look very much forward to uh seeing him uh, you know, in court, and so that, and to see him answer yeah. for what he did, and we'll all be there to support you with that process. I just think, you know, the anger. Some people feel not. I'm not saying yourselves, but like apologetic or confused by anger or upset by it or something like that. And I just think it's a, it's a really deep down emotion like it's a primal emotion you know and it just really shows that um it's our humanity coming out and our sense of injustice and rage and the fact that you know or that this is all very unfair to grossly under understate the obvious there mm-hmm. but I think that anger really kind of is very powerful in one sense but it's okay to be mad and sad and whatever way we're all feeling about this it's all legitimate it's just such a disgusting thing to have to go through especially the layers and layers and layers of misogyny and racism and sexism and everything else on on top of that so I I think this is yeah the emotionality of this is no sign of weakness in anyone and you know for anyone listening as well it's okay like that's okay to be like whatever way we are so um I would say if that you are struggling, please do reach out to places like rape crisis centers. There is somewhere um, around in your in your local area that will have a center and they're trained for this. You don't have to be going through an active crisis. You can just go ring for a debrief. And the Dublin rape crisis number is one 800 And you can ring them and just have a debrief. Um, I think that's really important because I know a lot of my listeners have been in this situation as well. So. Um, I think that's important just to mind yourselves as well. Evie, Rosemary and Christine, thank you so much for your time today. And I just, I'm 
really disgusted that this happened to you but I know that you're all just incredible inspirational women and I just think I don't know what I think I'm just too clouded by anger and rage and um emotion and and regret that this happened to you but I think that yeah this hopefully is a an opportunity for change going forward and that hopefully this is the last opportunity for people like this to act like that so um thank you so much for your time thank you very much for having us thank you thank you so much for having us 